Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hello, fellow travelers. This is Lisa Nearing with True North Homeschool Academy, and I am back with another weekly podcast at Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. Today, we are going to talk about demystifying the individual educational plan, commonly known as the IEP. We get a lot of questions about this at True North Homeschool Academy, so I thought I would take some time and just talk about what the IEP is, what you need to know as a homeschooler, um, if you have a student who left um, public school with an IEP, how do you transition over to homeschooling, and just give you more details about how to handle this um, and what it means for the future. So before we jump into all those things, I want to give you a brief history about what the IEP um, was, why it was created, and what it means. Um, it's it really it's an interesting question for homeschoolers. So I hope that this uh, this whole podcast is really helpful to you. And as always, we have show notes. I want to just stop for a second and let you know that we do have academic advising for special needs students. We have private tutoring for special needs students. We also have several adapted classes. These are adapted classes for high school students who are struggling academically, and they're probably functioning at a third to sixth grade level. We have adapted English one and two world history, U.S. history, and science. You can also purchase an adaptive bundle that's um, purchased two classes at once and you save over over the a la carte um, class price. We also this year for the first time are offering executive functioning classes um, by special request from parents. We have a life skills class and we also have two writing classes that are more bridge classes, organizing your writing one and two. So if you have any questions about our adapted or special needs classes, or advising, please shoot me a DM. You can head on over to the True North Homeschool Academy um, website. You can start a chat there, head on over to Facebook or Instagram and start a private message or DM. Um, would love to chat with you about that. Okay, so let's jump into a brief history of what the IEP is all about. In the early 1970s, laws were passed to ensure that special education opportunities for students happened throughout the country regardless of their ability. And it gave the state's responsibility to provide those SPED special education opportunities, also the resources and schooling. So currently, right now, states provide about 91% of SPED schooling, while the federal government provides the remaining 9 to 10%. In the late 90s, IDEA, this is an acronym, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, was reauthorized. So IDEA emphasized the use of IEPs individualized educational plan, as well as ITPs, individualized transition plans. Now, the IEP 
was specifically to help kids get through school. The ITP was to best prepare students for success as they launched into adulthood. So with IDEA in the late 90s and subsequently the IEP and the ITP, there became a widespread focus on providing SPED students with the individualized attention options and opportunities that they needed in order to succeed. All good things, right? Because um, you know, no child left behind. We don't want our kids with challenges and struggles to be left behind either. So this was really born out of just a desire to help all of our kids get to the point where they could launch successfully. The idea disability categories that weren't an IEP are as follows. Autism, deaf blindness, deafness, emotional disturbance, hearing impairment, intellectual disability, multiple disabilities or orthopedic impairment. So if your student is going into public school and has any of those disabilities, they will automatically get an IEP. What will an IEP provide for them? Well, it will provide otherwise unavailable opportunities for the student and those involved, including their education, that could include families, teachers, administrators, and personnel. They'll all have access to opportunities that they might not otherwise have had if they have an IEP. An IEP also provides and establishes an educational structure for the student and their educators. We'll see that in just a minute. An IEP provides and establishes an actionable plan for everybody involved. An IEP promotes educational advancement today as well as in the future, including specific accommodations that might not otherwise be available. And we'll talk about that in a little bit too. So an IEP is created in the public school system and administered by a team that consists of the child's parents, at least one of the child's special education teachers or providers, at least one of the child's regular education teachers, if the student is um, is in bridge classes or regular classes, a representative of the school system, and other team members as appropriate. So in the traditional government or public-private school system, an IEP process is going to look like this. Um, your student is going to be earmarked as eligible. That opens the door to the IEP process. Then there's going to be data assessment and gathering, both formally and informally. With that data assessment, the, the child's strengths and challenges are going to be evaluated. That is going to lead to what is the educational need for the student. The evaluation is going to provide benchmarks where the present levels, how are they functioning, what can the student currently do? In other words, it's going to establish a baseline. From there, the IEP team will set goals. What will the student be able to do one year from now? How will those goals be measured? So they're SMART goals. And from there, services, accommodations, modifications will be provided. If you are part of the government school system and you need accommodations or services, it's gonna be difficult to get for your student if you don't have an IEP. So the IEP process in a public school system begins with a request from the parent or actually a referral from a teacher and it ends with an IEP. Here's the deal. An IEP is a legal document. So parents who participate in IEP meetings with the public school environment really need to research and prepare themselves well for IEP meetings and educate themselves about their parental rights and responsibilities once your child 
have started the process of getting an IP or once they do have an IP. Again, an IP is a legal document, okay? So, as many of us in the homeschooling world realize, there is this special needs exodus from the public school system to homeschooling. And here's why. I don't know who quoted, I don't know who to attribute this quote to, but I, I'm sure you've heard this quote. If you've met one special needs student, you've met one special needs student. <laughs> in other words, every special needs student is a unique blend of strengths and strengths and challenges. I worked with autistic students for the last decade and I've had autistic students that are, um, doubly gifted and they're functioning really well um, in certain areas and then they're just gifted in other areas. They might have some awkwardness with social interactions. And then I've worked with autistic kids who are, you know, profoundly disabled. And so that that is like every special needs student, no matter what their learning challenges, they're on a spectrum. And so every special needs student has their own unique challenges, abilities, strengths and weaknesses, and they need specific services. So, you know, that is why um, the public school system just can't manage a special needs student very well, because as the public school system is created on a lockstep method of education. And when you have kids who are very unique and have very um, unique needs, a lockstep method is not going to work very well. Right. <laughs> so um, let's just go over the main types of learning disabilities. OK, so here's the seven main categories of learning disabilities. Dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, auditory processing disorder, language processing disorder, nonverbal learning disabilities and visual perceptual or visual motor deficit. So every learning disordered student or person can have one of these or one of these times seven. I mean, the, the, the number of types of disabilities any one student can have is like seven times seven. So it, it can be very complicated, right? Every learning disability can include several different disorders. So even with an IEP, most public schools just don't have the funding, the staff, or the training to provide well for kids outside of the mainstream. It's not really a criticism of the public school system. It, it's really just, it, it's designed to be lockstep method and kids with disabilities or challenges really don't fit in well with that lockstep method. Hence, this exodus of special needs students to the homeschool world. Um, I've heard it said that 10% of public school kids are diagnosed with special needs. 30 to 50% of homeschool kids are diagnosed with special needs. Um, maybe that's, I think there's a lot of different reasons for that, right? I, I don't want to cast blame or say that one is better than another. All I'm saying is just that's kind of the reality of where we, where we find ourselves right now. So with that, there's just this growth of special needs kids in the homeschooling world. Um, and that leaves homeschoolers with special needs kids wondering what to do about an IEP. Well, if you left public school with an IEP, you actually have an IEP. You can do with that what you want. You can create your own team. You can create your own um, system of getting therapies and things like that. But if you left the public school system without an IEP, here's what I would suggest you do. Create your team. And that can be your homeschool team. You know, find somebody who can help you with um, special needs academic advising, like we have at True North Homeschool Academy with Cindy LaJoy of Blue Collar Homeschool. Um, find some way to do data assessment, both formal and informal. 
Now, a formal evaluation would be um, either an educational or a psychological evaluation. It's not that the evaluation is testing if your kids is psychologically um, within certain parameters. It's just what it's called, and it's really a learning disabilities evaluation. So whatever it's called in your state, an edeval or a psycheval, um, you will probably have to go to a psychologist, someone with a PhD in psychology to get that, or you can get a referral from your MD. A formal evaluation is going to cost money, like $1,100 to maybe upwards of $2,500. So it's going to be pricey, but if you really feel like you're not sure where your kids are at or where to go with them, it can it can provide really great information and give you a baseline. So I think that they're worth the money if, if you just feel like you're not even sure what to do. You can also do an informal evaluation. That is actually what we provide at True North Homeschool Academy through our SPED Academic Advising. Now, Cindy LaJoy has five adopted kids with 28 combined diagnoses, and she's been around the block a little bit with special education. So she's read a zillion books, and she's got um, this wide body of information um, that she draws from. So you could also work with a friend or a parent or a special educator in your community or somebody that you met online for an informal evaluation. If they have credentials behind their name, you want to make sure that um, they're following the rules and the ethical um, parameters within their state, all the things, right? I would also suggest to you to do self-research. Uh, um, this quote, we've all heard it before, a worried mother does better research than the FBI. Preach it, sister. We all know that's true, right? So, you know, we're exhorted to cast our worries upon the Lord, but as mamas, we all know that when we're not getting the help and information we need, we're stressed for our kids. Um, so educate yourself. There are so many great books on various disabilities, and some of the developing brain training and cognitive and nutritional therapies can go so far in helping your kids get to the next level of their development. Now, I'm not saying that that's the be-all and end-all, but I'm just saying, you know, it, when we have kids who have struggles, um, and we know for ourselves when we have struggles, be that physical or emotional or social or whatever, it usually takes um, you know, like a combination of things to address the issue. And the same is true with our kids with learning disabilities or special needs. So, um, you know, educate yourself on nutrition, on um, the educational things on the market, um, there's so many great books and resources. And if you're not sure where to start, if you have an idea about your kid's disability, like you think it's dyslexia or dysgraphia or maybe an auditory processing disorder, and you just need some books, reach out to me because I probably have something I can refer you to, or I know somebody who has resources to help you get started at least. But homeschool mom, do the research. That's what we do best, right? That's what we know how to do. That's what we love how to do. And if you're not sure where to get started, again, just reach out to me. I would also say create reasonable goals for your student based on the above evaluations. Just create your own IEP is what I'm telling you to do, right? Um, I've got, we're putting an article on the blog with a lot of graphics and, and things like that, but you can always check the show notes too for more resources. So do the evaluation, do the assessment, both formal and informal, do your own research, and then create reasonable goals for your student based on those evaluations. There's a dirty word in homeschooling called testing. I am not against testing. I think um, a good test can go very far in helping you assess and understand 
um, where your student is um, so that you can see where they need to go. And it also helps you understand how to direct what you're doing, where to put your efforts. Um, it, a test is just an evaluative tool. It doesn't determine who your student is. It doesn't name anything. It just gives you resources. So just look as look at the assessment of your student as that. You're just informing yourself about your kid so that you can help them get farther, faster, right? Save yourself as many tears as possible and put that energy towards um, the resources and the services that you need to help your kids really succeed as much as they're capable of doing, okay? So after you set reasonable goals, research um, the services, classes, and opportunities available for your student. There might not be a lot. And if there's not, and if you have the bandwidth for it, create some for your kids and other people. Um, that's what we've done throughout our whole homeschooling um, time, our 30 years of homeschooling. If there was something I wanted for my kids and I didn't see it, I went after it and I created it for my own kids and for others. And you can do that too. Um, it, again, if you have the bandwidth, like don't burn yourself out doing that, but you know, it's worth considering you have more to give than you probably realize. And then I would really encourage you to keep notes, <laughs> keep notes so that you can assess improvement or decline. Um, if your kids have multiple diagnoses and some physical issues as well, et cetera, um, you know, you might try a certain thing and it might actually not be what you need to do. And if you keep notes, you can really assess that better. Be aware of what is helping and hindering your kids. Okay. Um, all right. So when should you get an IEP? Um, look, your students with disabilities will need a formal evaluation if they plan to attend any, any formal educational system or they would need accommodations in order to succeed within that system, such as high school, the military, or college and university. And when I mean high school, I mean I mean a government or private school system. Okay, so if you're homeschooling them, they don't need a formal evaluation. There's nobody legally who's gonna say, um, you know, your special needs student has to have a formal, a formal anything. Um, but if they're gonna go to a public or private school and they need accommodations, in order to succeed, I mean, by pass, by passing, by moving on, by getting the diploma, et cetera, get an IEP so that they can get accommodations. Now, if they're going to college or university and they don't have a formal assessment and they need accommodations in order to succeed, you're going to need to go get a formal evaluation. Um, and, and a lot of colleges and universities do have low cost, um, opportunities for you to get a formal evaluation. Um, and so I would check that out too. And then if you're going to go into the military and need accommodations, that would be a good time to get an IP as well. Everybody else. <laughs> I have for years encouraged homeschool parents to create and craft a personalized learning plan for their student. Now we offer free um, grids for a personal to, for you to create a personalized learning plan at True North Homeschool Academy. I'll put the link in the show notes. You can go over to the website at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com and download it. And I would encourage you to create a personalized learning um, plan for your kids. It's a long-term map by subject area that you hope to accomplish with your kids before they graduate from high school. And with that personalized learning plan, I would absolutely encourage you to put academic classes as well as clubs, camps, work and community service, 
other unique opportunities that you have as a family. We've known some families, they go adventure camping um, or canoeing in the boundary waters, crazy things like that. We also have friends who are traveling internationally as a family. We have friends whose kids have built drones out of 3D printers and um, gotten their pilot's license and their scuba license. So whatever your unique opportunities you have as a family, make sure that you log that because that can count for credit. And as I've said for years, you know, your kids can get into school. It's really how they're going to pay for it. Those unique experiences can really garner scholarship opportunities for your students to keep track of them. Um, So create that plan and then modify as you need it. It's not set in stone. It's not what you have to do. It's just a guide. It's a map to get you where you want to end up. But then modify it when therapies, opportunities, travels, classes, and clubs became available to you with that they're just too good to pass up. So you're on your plan. You're working the plan. It's all good. And somebody says, I want to give you a free month of travel in Spain. Okay. Like I'm on the plane, right? And you should be too. (laughs) So make your plan and then when crazy, amazing adventures and opportunities come your way, grab them and just revise your plan. Okay. A personalized learning plan or a homeschool IEP is a simply a guide and you are free, particularly as a homeschooler, to take rabbit trails, to stop to rest, regroup, and even go in a completely different direction as needed to best serve your student and your family. Okay, homeschool mom, I know you got a lot on your plate and IEPs might weigh heavily on your mind. If you have a special needs student and you're just not sure how to even get started with homeschooling, I'd really encourage you to go over to truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com and purchase our SPED academic advising. You're going to get an hour Zoom meeting with Cindy LaJoy of Blue Collar Homeschool, who has just a plethora of resources. Our SPED academic advising is really to resource the parent. It's not to sell you our classes, although we want you to buy our classes. They're phenomenal. But really, that hour is for you to get the resources um, that you need so that you can really homeschool your kids well. And then you'll get notes from Cindy and... um, She's just an amazing resource. Um, So I'd really encourage it. She's written a couple books. Um, She's just an amazing gal. Um, Again, we also offer adapted classes, English 1 and 2, World History, U.S. History and Science. And these classes are for high schoolers, but they're really delivered at a third to sixth grade academic level. As a a special needs student, your kids don't have to graduate legally from um, high school until they're age 21. So if you feel like you just need to slow down and do less classes in a year, um, that's totally fine. You're legally okay. You have the time that you need to graduate your student. Um, Again, we also offer executive functioning skills, life skills, special needs, private tutoring, and then organizing your writing one and two. If you have any questions about our classes, our special needs program, um, or homeschooling in general, I'd love to answer them. Again, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. It's been another um, week at Life Skills 101, our weekly podcast um, hosted by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Um, I'd love to talk to you guys further about homeschooling. So join me next week at Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Aids. Hey, everybody, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy, and I just want to remind you that you can find all of our classes and clubs, testing, advising, mom's membership, and more at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We do offer live online, dynamic, interactive, small group classes, 
So when your students take classes with us, they're not in a they're not in a Zoom room full of 100 people. We keep our class sizes small so that the students get to know both the teacher and their fellow students. We um, use a lot of different technology to make the classes dynamic and interactive, including presentations, projects, breakout rooms, virtual whiteboards, and more. Um, we like to say that we use time-tested educational pedagogy coupled with cutting-edge technology to bring the best educational opportunities to your students in, in the privacy of your own home. We do provide syllabus and grading for all classes. Um, clubs are more relaxed, so we don't provide syllabus or grading for those, but you can certainly use our clubs for the transcripts, and we'd love to help you know how to do that. Stay tuned this year, 2022, for some exciting new um, classes and clubs being offered by True North M School Academy. Um, we're also going to be offering an honor club, dual enrollment, and so much more. We are honored to partner with you as you homeschool your children. Again, check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. And thanks for listening to today's podcast.